Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning and welcome to the Mike Smith Show. My name is Scott Schantz filling in this week. And right now we are joined by Bill Thielman to discuss some of the big headlines happening throughout uh, the province and the country and here in the Lower Mainland. Bill's a former Vancouver City Council candidate and a veteran political strategist and campaigner. Great to talk to you this morning, Bill. I'm really excited to dive in. How you doing? I'm doing just great, Scott. Let's do. Let's do it. Okay, so you and I both have kind of like dug dug in on this uh, John Rustad uh, tweet <laughs> from earlier this week, and uh, of course the legislature sat yesterday, and he absolutely got destroyed by David Eby, our premier. Bill. Yes, so, he did. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were going to play the clip. Pardon me, Scott. Dead oh, air. Sorry. We don't yeah. want dead air. No, we no, don't. No, John Rust, David Eby just, just laid out both barrels on him. Yeah, yeah, blasted yeah. Him. And what was more interesting is after the premier spoke, a rare thing in a, in a parliamentary situation in the legislature, there was a standing ovation from almost all of the opposition as well as the NDP. So uh, Mr. Rustad and his colleague, Mr. Banman, were feeling pretty alone in there. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. We did have a clip here. Uh, let's play that clip. I should have got to that sooner. And when he sat on this side of the House, he supported those same policies, Honorable Chair. It is outrageous that he would stand here and do this. He sees political advantage in picking on kids and families and teachers and schools who are just trying to do their best for kids who are at risk of suicide, Honorable Chair. Shame on him. Choose another question. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just a highlight of it. If you're interested, the whole thing is like posted all over social media. It won't take you long to find it if you want to see the whole thing. But yeah, to your point, Bill, a really cool moment where you see um, parties kind of unite in that like the BC United Party who, you know, are they're in competition with the BC NDP, but, you know, stood up. Uh, uh, you know, banged the table. And I think, you know, Kevin Falcon said, like, we disagree on a lot of things, but not this. You know, like, that's, a, I think that, like, that gives me hope, you know, for our politicians and the people that are doing this type of work. Yeah, well, it was pretty interesting and, and highly unusual, short of somebody retiring from the legislature that you see uh, that kind of support or, or uh, you know, for a charity or something. But on a political issue, very, very unusual. But what um, what may have been missed by some people, not to crush your hope, Scott, but yeah. is that there were three members of VC United who did not stand yes. up and were not very comfortable with what was going on. And uh, I'm wondering if that's a little premonition of things to come. Hmm. I think uh, the other thing I think that is important to and John Rustad did not back down, despite the premier uh, really ripping him, um, is there are people in our province, I agree with David Eby and, and Kevin Falcon for that matter, but there are people in our province who do not. And there, um, we don't know exactly how many people are, you know, so-called anti-SOGI or who are not happy with uh, their kids being taught about uh, gender diversity in the classroom, and uh, are they 10% of the voters? Are they 15%? We don't really know for sure. We've, there's been some polling in that, but uh, John Rustad is speaking for a certain constituency, a, a minority group for sure, but uh, you know, I think this is going to be a very interesting story as it plays out further on other issues in the legislature and, and outside the legislature. Yeah, as we sort of talked about earlier in the week, it's very clear that he is going after that group. 
that feels somewhat underrepresented or misrepresented uh, in politics. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, will that translate? I mean, it is a huge problem for Kevin Falcon and BC United because, of course, the two members of the now BC Conservative Party came out of the old BC Liberals and which became BC United. Um, so I think if, uh, you know, Mr. Falcon has said nobody else is leaving, nobody else is leaving, I don't know. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, a, it's a definitive statement that I'm not sure he should have the confidence to make at this point. But uh, we're going to see about that. That said, I think the overwhelming majority of British Columbians agree with Premier Eby and, and opposition leader Falcon that uh, this was a kind of a tasteless and baseless thing to do. But John Rust had that, that was a calculated political decision, Scott. He knew that this was going to happen and he wanted it to happen. So that's, I think, for, for us political analysts, we say, OK, let's get behind what he, why did he make that calculation? Does he have any reason? And I think it's because he thinks there's a bunch of people who would support him on this. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about um, pre, uh, provincial politics in Manitoba. Some big news there, uh, out of their election. Yeah, exactly. Uh, really fascinating. Uh, as an NDP, I was extremely excited to see Wab Canoe elected, the first First Nations premier elected in Canada, and uh, uh, an ups- not, not an upset victory because I think the NDP were leading in the polls, but it was a seesaw battle through the entire evening there and heather stephenson the progressive conservative premier was ousted um boy it, it was a really it looked like a nail biter and it's it's a for those who know manitoba most of the seats are in winnipeg it's a huge population center but outside of winnipeg and the north the conservatives kind of rule the roost so it, it was back and forth and it looked like it could be it could go either way earlier on and then uh, the ndp poured it on but yeah it'll be fascinating to see and I got to say, I watched Bob Canoe's speech. I've never seen a political leader say that, you know, I face challenges. I've overcome my challenges. Uh, he had drinking problems. He had problems with the law, um, an unusual background for a premier in this country. And he said, Ben, if I can do it, you can do it. And sort of giving a, a message of hope to anybody who might be facing real um, personal challenges that you can overcome these things. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of somebody owning their, their history and saying that th- these moments don't define me. And also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, you you know, yes, I, I did these things and you're not going to come from behind and like surprise anyone with like, oh, guess what? He did this when he was 17 years old or whatever. Yeah, he did. And like now he's changed. And that's evidence that the rest of us can change too. really inspiring stuff. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. All right. I want to ask you about this. Uh, the BC Ferries story is pretty big this morning. The BC government saying that they're going to fine them for all of the sailing cancellations over last summer because of crew shortages which is just, in my mind, the most ridiculous thing, the fine, $7,000, the amount of money that BC Ferries gets from the provincial government, $700 million, like just (laughs) an absolutely insane amount of money. And it's like, oh, and by the way, of that money that we gave you, you need to give us a penny of it back. It just, it very, like, why are they even doing this? It makes no sense. I have to admit that was kind of my reaction initially. Well, as I thought about it, I, I think what the government is trying to do is say, there has to be a penalty when you miss sailings. And so get your act together, get your crews together. And there's a real problem with crewing. And, and you know, I've done some work in the past with BC Ferries and, and also with their union. And um, what people don't always know, uh, Scott, is that everybody on that ship, every crew member on that ship has a safety role. So if, they're, if, if another ship plows into it, if there's a, uh, it hits the rocks or something terrible happens, God forbid, uh, everybody on that crew from the, the person flipping birds to the person taking tickets and selling stuff in the store immediately goes to safety and muster stations and they so when they
they've missed sailings, it's because they're short of crew almost every time, um, short of some of the mechanical breakdowns, and then you kind of know that. Um, so, but the government wants to say, hey, there, there has to be a cost to uh, not performing according to the contract. Because I actually have a contract with, with BC Ferries, and BC Ferries is a weird amalgam that came out of the old uh, BC Liberals where they said it, it shouldn't be a crown corporation, it should be a separate company, but mm-hmm. we own the company. So it's kind of a weird hybrid situation, but I don't know, we'll see how it works out when they, they get to the details, but I, I agree on the face of it, it looks kind of strange that you're going to, it's kind of like saying, I've got a swear jar, I'm going to find myself for swearing, and, but you still get all the money. Welcome back to the Mike Smith Show. I'm Scott Schantz filling in this week. Our guest is Bill Thielman. We're sort of running down some of the headlines. You're welcome to call in and weigh in on anything that we're talking about. Fairies. We're talking about John Rustad versus David Eby in the legislature. We're talking about a big historic victory in Manitoba. Uh, 604-280-9898. Let's go to Rob in Chilliwack. Good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning. How are you, Scott? Good. How are you? Yeah, it's usually Rob from Chilliwack, but I'm actually sitting, I'm in Saskatoon today, so... You know what? Uh, quite frankly, I, I agree with John Rustad. Um, and you know what? I'll tell you something. I used to vote NDP, but I, I will not be voting that way ever, ever again. I haven't for a while. Uh, John is right. To me, this, you know what? I don't think this should be taught in school. I don't. I think it's up to the parents to to differentiate what their kids are saying. It's not up to the school district, and it sure as hell isn't up to David Eby. Now, how do you feel? How do you, and I'll, we'll get Bill's thoughts in just a quick sec on this. Sure, but how do you sure. feel about him comparing uh, Soji curriculum being taught to uh, residential schools? Do you think- uh, with that issue, I, you know, I, 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 I don't. I, that com- you're talking about the comparison, right? Yeah, like that. I mean, I that's think, what I he was doing. Media, but- quite frankly, in all honesty, it, the way I read, I read the little, you know, what the media is writing about it, and I think, quite frankly, I think they're twisting it. I don't think John meant any harm whatsoever, in my opinion. I honestly don't. But I, this is what I will say. I think the media is actually, they're kind of really critiquing him, and they see they're right, we're rising in the polls. Uh, and I've actually become a British Columbia Conservative member. Do you, do you so, not think so that, yes. that our leaders should be open to critique from the media? Absolutely, they should, they should be. But what I'm saying is they're really trying to hammer it down on him here, and... Uh, I think John's doing a good good job, and quite frankly, you know what? I think Kevin Falcon is regretting removing him from the the Liberal Caucus. Okay, uh, let's let's the BC Conservatives. Let's, can I just say? Yeah, of course. Yeah, please go ahead, Rob. That I'm in Saskatchewan. Yeah, here that I'm in Saskatchewan, and I uh, went through Alberta too. Uh, David E. B. If you're listening, remove the gas tax for people. I will tell you, Cal- Calgary dollar thirty three. Dollar thirty-three per liter. I don't know what it is in I'll, Vancouver. I'll, I'll today, agree with I'll agree with you on that off. one, Rob, for sure. Let's go to Bill Thielman. Bill, what do you what do you think about Rob's comments? Well, I think Rob is exactly the kind of person that I was talking about that John Rustad and and Bruce Badman are appealing to, and that there are people in in our province who who don't agree. <clears throat> I think, though, you know, once you start picking and choosing what it is that schools and teachers can talk about in school I, you, you get into a minefield uh, area you know there's so many different things there we, we don't in my opinion we don't tell enough about the history of residential schools although that's changing we don't talk enough about uh, the role of labor in developing this province we don't talk enough about what happened to uh, the Japanese internment during the second world war there's a whole bunch of things and you can say well I don't want my kids to learn about that I'll teach them if I want to it's at home I, I think you know there's been a consensus 
consensus around the SOGI program. And uh, yes, there are people who don't like it. There's no question about that. Uh, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's that uh, horrific that uh, people need to go crazy on it. And those who do, I guess they can vote BC Conservative. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And there, you know, there are opportunities for people. I, I protect people's right to like have an opinion and r- protest peacefully if they want. Um, you know, like I agree with you. I think that it's uh, like I have lots of people in my family who are teachers and are really familiar with that curriculum and ha- have taught that curriculum. And I think that oftentimes uh, we sort of get caught up in the in the where could this go as opposed to just talking about what actually is being taught, which I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think it's that alarming. Um, Okay, let me ask you about this, Bill. Uh, Calgary police are here recruiting police officers out of Vancouver. Should we be okay with that? I think it's not just Vancouver, Scott. I think it's anywhere they can find them in Metro Vancouver or (laughs) the entire province of British Columbia. Well, look, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I I was kind of surprised by it. If if they've got the money to spend and want to come out here and do a little tourism, fine, I guess. But um, that it, what it really underlines is there is a huge shortage of police across the country. And, uh, you know, we need police all across the province. There's a real recruitment and retention problem there because, of course, as we know, the, the funeral today for the officer who was uh, sadly killed, RCMP officer, the Rick O'Brien, the, this is a dangerous job. And people in the, in the police forces, whether they're RCMP or municipal or provincial, um, get killed on the job. Uh, my father was RCMP for a while. I certainly am aware of the uh, enormous risks that RCMP and other police officers take. And so, you know, Calgary, I guess, you know, we, we saw previously Victoria was offering, a, I think it was a $20,000 bonus if experienced officers moved to Victoria. So it's going to be a continual situation. And I don't think Calgary would be the last place, uh, last police force to visit Vancouver looking for police. That's interesting, especially when they sort of know how hard it is to make ends meet here, that people are kind of facing these uh, difficult decisions about rent and cost of living and, you know, like Rob was talking about on the phone, cost of gas prices, all that type of stuff. And then someone comes here and sort of says, hey, we'll make the path a little easier for you. You know, this is something that you want to do and we'll we'll kind of open the door. And if you're open to moving to Calgary, we'll just sell you on all these benefits and stuff. And I, yeah, I think that if I was a person who was in training to do that job and somebody came along and kind of, you know, paved the way for me like that, it would be tempting. It yeah, would be tempting. 40, 40 cents a liter isn't going to get me to move to Calgary. <laughs> I, t- I tell you that right now. Yeah, but you'd add that to, like, cheaper yeah, housing. No, a big and, bonus you know, and like you all... it, you know, if you, you're starting out your career as a police officer, nothing wrong with going to Calgary. Yeah, all right. 604-280-9898. Let's go to Dev in Vancouver really quickly. Good morning, Dev. How are you? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having Bill on. I have tremendous respect for him, and I really value his opinion. Now, my comment is this, Bill. I, there's a fine line we have to follow. In my community, the Sikh community, there's there's great hesitancy about about them teaching this. And, and same with my Muslim friends. And the issue is, in First Nations communities, we don't go in there, meaning the government, and tell them what to teach their kids. And I'm going to tell you, the issue here is this. Rustad does not speak for me, but in the various communities that make up our beautiful province of BC, there's a lot of discomfort. And that discomfort stems from the fact that the government is now intruding into the relationship between a child and their parents. So this is not about knuckle-dragging conservatives who are, you know, looking for Neanderthal issues. This is a very serious issue. And in our community, my Sikh community, and in my Muslim friends, as you know, as you've seen what happened, there's great 
deal of apprehension. That's my comment. Yeah, I, Scott, I think I, I appreciate what Dev's saying, and I think we've seen also within some of the more conservative elements of the Chinese-Canadian community, uh, some other uh, communities that we have in Metro Vancouver and across the province, that they, they don't like the SOGI program, and, and that's where the, the opposition has been formed, really. Uh, and I think it, we have to be... We have to walk a fine balance between recognizing the concerns that people have. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're too young. You've got a couple of kids. I, I've got a grandchild. But sex education at one point in the 60s, 70s was very, very controversial. And many religious people said, no, you can't teach sex in school. And anything about sex, although that's gone by the boards. I think SOGI will be accepted in the longer term, but right now it, there is tension there, and, and Dev is, is quite correct. There are elements in the, in the Sikh and Muslim community and others, um, you know, fundamentalist Christian community, who don't like this.